our limits. And that is pretty much the message from the provincial government this week when it comes to safe supply. The BC Coroner Service released a report from its Toxic Drug Death Review Panel. And that panel's primary recommendation was a non-prescription approach to a safer drug supply. That means more drugs available to anyone who wants or needs them, but without the toxicity that is causing so many overdoses. The question is, though, how do you balance safe access with all of the other concerns? Now, the BC NDP government led the way three years ago by fighting for a prescribed safe supply, but it seems that they are drawing the line there. And joining us now to talk about why is Jennifer Whiteside, the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Simi. So why draw the line here and say no more? Well, you know, Simi, we we have a very, very serious crisis in our province. We lost over 2,300 British Columbians last year to toxic drug poisoning. Uh, So far this year, uh, the the numbers look like they're on track to be another devastating year. Overall, in excess of 13,000 British Columbians since this uh, was declared a public health uh, emergency in 2016. And the nature of the of the toxic drug crisis has really changed through COVID. The drugs have become much more poisoned. We see much higher, uh, much more, uh, much higher percentage poisoned with drugs like fentanyl. So 85 percent of the drug supply, the illicit drug supply in British Columbia is poisoned with fentanyl, which is a very, very uh, highly potent and highly addictive uh, drug. And this is creating real challenges for our healthcare system, for law enforcement, for everyone who is trying so hard uh, to grapple with this and to support people who are struggling with, with addiction and who are caught up in this. And so we're working really hard, as you said in your intro, on the work that we started a few years ago at the outset of COVID to try to connect, to try to separate people as much as we can from the illicit drug supply and connect them to uh, to a safe supply. But we think it's really important that that's done with medical oversight uh, and that we don't lose the opportunities to make sure that we're connecting people to care and support and that we're sort of using uh, the, you know, the opportunity to connect people to a, to a, um, to a, 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 a pharmaceutical grade and sort of med- medical treatment um, to you know, other forms of uh, treatment down the road. So do you think then what the toxic drug panels review said that, there, that maybe it lacked balance, that there wasn't enough of both of those things in there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that, you know, I think that, that you know, we, the, the, the coroner's uh, death panel reviews have been very, very helpful in, uh, in, in previous, uh, previous rounds and uh, really advocating for scaling up um, medication uh, alternatives and, you know, medicated assisted, assisted therapies, things like, you know, connecting people to Suboxone and Methadone, you know, treatments that we know really can help stabilize people and help move them down the, down the road on, a, on their recovery journey. Um, and really, safer supply is very much, can be really at the front end of that, but it's still very early days. Uh, we're still gathering the evidence. Uh, Dr. Henry is reviewing the program that was put into place in the early days of COVID so that we make sure that it is, you know, can be, uh, you know, provided appropriately and safely for the, t- for the time that we're in now. And we'll hear from, from Dr. Henry more about that in the coming, uh, in, in the coming months. Um, but I do think it's important that, you know, I mean, you talk about balance. It's, it's, it's not, in my view, quite so much a question of balance as it is about ensuring that we are working across the entire continuum of care. We have to have harm reduction um, supports and services for people because we have to do everything we can to keep people alive while we are connecting them to all of the, 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 the treatment and support options that are, 
are being built out by um, by our health authorities. We're working so hard to um, to build access so that we can connect British Columbians to the care that they need, whether that's bed-based treatment or outpatient treatment or virtual care. Um, and uh, that you know, keeping people alive is a really important part of that. But we have to retain a connection to healthcare and a connection to medical oversight as we're doing that. So you're saying there's not enough of that right now then to justify increasing the safe supply out there. So how do we get more treatment? Yeah, well, I mean, we are, I mean, we're working to, in- to increase some um, prescriber, uh, prescribed safer supply. We're working to, um, to provide, based on what we've heard from physicians, we've heard that what, what from physicians that what, what they know their patients need are different kinds of medications to be available. So we're working to, 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 to scale up and make sure that we have different kinds of medications that are more appropriate for, for what, what the needs of people are. We, in fact, just, uh, the College of Nurses just approved a certified practice um, uh, process for uh, nurses to be able to um, to be able to uh, diagnose and then treat uh, uh, opioid use disorder, and that is a really significant step. That means that um, this sort of this trial that we did uh, that we've been doing over the past few years, uh, again in the sort of in the context of COVID, to have um, nurses as a front line for this particular area of um, of, of healthcare. Uh, we're really going to be able to scale that up. We know that nurses are very interested in doing this work. They are doing remarkable work, I can tell you, out there um, in communities, connecting people to care, scaling up um, programs, providing access to overdose prevention sites, working to connect people to things like methadone and Suboxone, those important stabilizing medications for people. So having more nurses uh, on the front lines will, will is absolutely going to help uh, connect more people to that kind of care. We have to do that at the same time as we are uh, building out bed-based treatment and working up for programs like, for example, what is happening in Vancouver Coastal right now. Uh, if somebody in Vancouver Coastal needs needs assistance with an addiction issue, they can call the Access Central line. They can get a same-day clinical assessment, from initial clinical assessment from a from a physician who is working with the intake team, and um, and they can, they can map out what the next step for that person is. And that next step might be, hey, if we get you on um, on a on a, on, a, on a medication to help um, kind of stabilize you before you get to detox, we might actually be able to lessen the time that you spend in detox. Right. If you need to get to detox right away, we're going we're gonna to try to get you there. There are, of course, some years still gaps in the system, but we're mm-hmm. working uh, you know, very, very hard to fill those gaps. Now, your statement the other day clearly caught the coroner's service review panel off guard, right? Was there any communication about their findings and your thoughts on it ahead of time before the press conference? Uh, no, not 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 much. I mean, I, I mean, I, I had very little notice that. Um, uh, I mean, of course, I, I knew that the coroner had had put another uh, put put another panel in um, in place. Um, I have frankly have been very focused on the work though um, that we're uh, th- that that we're doing around scaling up our system, but also. Um, and, and you know, been uh, been been anticipating um, Dr. Henry's report on the on the safer supply program. So wasn't uh, wasn't um, quite quite expecting um, uh, this uh, this uh, really one recommendation. I mean, the one recommendation really from the corner is that we um, kind of you know sh- shift focus from what we have been doing and uh, just shift uh, m- move to um, try to scale up another kind of system, which uh, I, I mean, frankly, just is is, is riddled with um, riddled with all kinds of challenges and and regular barriers. Do you think that British Columbians have kind of reached their limit when it comes to safe supply? 
Well, I, I, I think that, you know, I think that what we I think that what British Columbians understand and I think what they're really committed to is doing everything that we can to keep people alive during a terrible, terrible um, scourge of a of a of a crisis, uh, a, a terrible uh, um, d- disease in, uh, in in terms of the, the addiction that people are dealing with. And then that, you know, the fact that once. You know, these drugs are so highly addictive. When people become um, 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 connected to and addicted on something like fentanyl, what they're really after is trying to stop the illness that is created by not having the drug in their system anymore. Um, and it is, uh, it's really an effort to try to stay um, feeling um, uh, not horrible is, is what's the way it's been described, it, described to me. It, it's a very, very terrible, it's a very terrible, um, it's such a terrible uh, situation for people to be in. And I know that, you know, the physicians I've spoken to, the people I've, I've spoken to, I mean, nobody who's addicted to fentanyl wants to be there. That is for sure. And so we have to do everything we can to try and support people to, to, to move off of that. Well, Minister Whiteside, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks so much to me.